Hey there, everybody. My name is John Sherburn, and this is the Nightcap Podcast. Today, I have a, a special episode for you. I'm excited for it. It is the first of the autumn-themed episodes that I'll be doing throughout this season. This season is focused on fall. It's focused on the traditions of fall. It's focused on the themes surrounding fall, some important days, as well as some of the concepts that I associate with autumn. Uh, and this is going to be kind of an interesting season, as it's my first themed season and so as such today is my first themed episode truly themed on fall itself and today's episode is going to be on the traditions of the harvest season across different cultures most notably across american culture in the modern day but we're going to get into some of the history of that season and why it exists and why modern day societies worship in their own way the harvest season much like we did thousands of years ago why it's the same way um, that's kind of the bare bones for the episode. Before we start the show, I want to just say that the season of fall is an important one. I think that's something very much to understand. Out of all four of the seasons, I'd say it's the most important. I think spring is important because it's a sign of rebirth. It kind of gives you a new year to be excited for. There's nothing better than the first day you can roll your windows down in your car if you're in a place like where I am in New York State. Summer is great for its own reasons. For a lot of people, it's a little more free of a season. You got special things like cooking out and stuff that you mainly do in the summer. Again, where I am from, if you're in any place that really feels the seasons. And winter is kind of sketch, again, if you're in a place that feels the seasons. Winter is a time to kind of hunker down, which in its own right is great. But I think fall's good because winter is the most intense season generally. And fall... You can kind of like, you're anticipating the winter. And so I really appreciate what fall has to give us. The season's also always been important because the season is a, the time of harvest, the time of like where survival start, start your engines. It's time to see if we're going to make it through the winter. And so it has a very good historical kind of values, I would say. It's been around for as long as, as we've been around as a species that has been planting and planting and uh, trying to stay in one spot. I guess nomadic people didn't feel this way, but for as long as we've been kind of humans proper, uh, we have been worshiping the harvest season. And so I love this time of year, and I hope you do. And with that, let's get into this episode of the Nightcap Podcast. The season of fall has been a mainstay, as I just said, of humanity for as long as we remember, for as long as we have a cultural understanding. There's this little area of the planet that maybe sounds like a tasty French pastry, but the Fertile Crescent is where civilization kind of started, where the main societies kind of started. We had human beings running around nomadically. We had human beings existing in large groups, but the first evidence of human beings getting together, making permanent structures, and there are maybe seven different aspects of a society, things like money and government and religion of a certain kind. Um, that kind of all started in one of a few different areas. I'm talking like Mesopotamia, Egypt, talking like Anatolia, places like that. A lot of these places don't exist anymore. Go Egypt for existing, I'm going to say for starters always kind of blows my mind that Egypt is still a country. It looks very different. I think that would be, I think that's why people don't really think of 
Egypt is that impressive? Like Egypt, no, I'm, any Egyptian listeners out there, I'm not trying to call out your nation. I'm just saying if Egypt had preserved its like traditional culture, which would be insane, but if they had preserved kind of the same view of life for the last however many, 10,000 10, years, 12,000, 15,000 years, that would be more impressive. They've changed a lot, which is kind of the only reason they've survived. But I kind of find that to be interesting to think about. Um, Egypt is so old. Wow. Jeez. That's not what I was trying to get on that rant about. But, you know, this is the way we do things here at the Nightcap Podcast. Getting back into the harvest season. The Fertile Crescent, mm, we have like 11,000, 12,000 years ago is when people start to argue that we were settling down. And there are a few reasons that we might have been settling down. And the big kind of two that everyone always talks about is that there is a population boom at this time. Humans started, well, having sex more. And as a result, there are more kids, more mouths to feed, and more competition for food. So as a result, there's evidence people have been carrying seeds 12, 13, 14,000 years. But people started saying, it's easier for us to try to stay in one spot, get the animals as they come, grow food for the whole season. And then in the winter, kind of strap down and eat the food. And then in the spring, get more of those seeds, get more of those foods. Um, was just easier than trying to constantly be on the move, fighting for territory, fighting over things. You kind of say, we sit here, and if there's other tribes moving around us, they know we're here, and it kind of gives you the upper hand. So that's why we kind of settled down. At the same time, like I said, we started domesticating some animals, um, as well as domesticating plants and things of that nature. But we started really... Domesticating animals about 12,000 years ago in Anatolia, that is all we have proof of. We have proof they were herding things like goat and sheep. And so that is kind of when humanity started to settle down. So that's kind of the basic kind of foundation. And from there, we started growing crops. And we found that those crops had growing seasons. And so we found that there was times to grow, and there was times to harvest, and there was times to consume. And that's kind of how we broke up some of the seasons in the first place. That's how we kind of figured out the concept of time, really, if you think about it. This began the importance of the harvest season. This is the first step, the foundational idea of why the harvest season is important, why the harvest season even exists. But there's something else that came along at about the same time, something that's even older than domestication of food and animals, that is the reason the harvest season is so important to us traditionally. And this little thing known as worship known as religion. And there's been a religion around for such a long time. And at first, it was not religions that we see today. I'm talking animism. And animism is this worshiping of the spirits of the land, the spirits of animals and plants. Um, the idea that God or gods or it or whatever you want to call it is in the world around us all the time. It's in the world in everything you do. And that's still to this day practiced in very specific areas of the world. But at the same time, people started worshiping other things. They started worshiping deities. So they had, you, had, you had the monocultural religions. You had, mm, you had the monotheistic religions. You had the polytheistic religions. And so even though in these religions that no longer worship things like the season or worship things like the animal that you're killing, you still were worshiping these concepts, except indirectly. At this time, instead, you have gods like Amesh, in Sumeria, Nisroch in Assyria, Osiris in Egypt, and Demeter in Greece later on. This concept of worshipping the harvest remained. It just no longer was worshipping the crops. You were worshipping the God that allowed the crops to exist. And that's 
potentially an important difference, but at the same time, it is the same concept, the same base. And these gods, to me, are very interesting gods because their power over life stems from something other than the concept of harvest. Like, as much as this god controls if our wheat's going to grow, the reason they control it usually is based in another story, something more human than just because. Because if you know, religion is largely used as an explaining tool. They didn't know back then why there was harvest seasons, why plants grew. Maybe they knew it was warm now and cold now, and that's a bad thing. But they didn't know why it was warm, why it was cold. They didn't know how the sun worked. They didn't know how the planet worked. And so as a result, the concepts say, if you're talking about in Greece, the concept is that, oh, Demeter is holding the world hostage when her daughter is in Hades for half of the year. You have Osiris is the god of deciding what lives and dies, the god of the underworld. And so as much as humans are privy to that, you also have gods that are privy to that. You have gods that say, oh, these plants will grow if I want them to grow. And so it kind of takes the, the pressure, in my opinion, off of the humans. If there's a bad growing season, it's not their fault. It's not nobody's fault. It's the gods are mad at us. And it makes a very easy way for us to rationalize things as opposed to just saying, oh my God, we had a horrible year. Six of us died. That's so sad. Now it's, we had a bad year because we were bad and they have something they can work on as opposed to just fate, you know? So with this in mind, it's important to note that the holiday season is heaviest in this section of the year, the end of the year. And while our needs have changed past things like the animal harvest and worship, our traditions have remained largely the same. These, there are celebrations. These celebrations are a part of the fiber of civilization, and that's not something that dies easily. It's just like fear of the dark or of the cold or our need for connection to other humans. The concept of annual praise and blessing is tied so tightly to our view of the world and how it works. And so this, in a nutshell, is the history of the fall tradition. I know maybe I spent a little too much time on that, but this is the background as to why we worship. This is where we come from. We come from intense religious worship of a time of year we needed to because this is kind of like all your eggs in the basket. If this food doesn't pan out, you're going to see mass starvation. And we saw mass starvation. And so as a result, it has become so tightly tied to our way of things that when you look outside and you see this time of year, you can't help but be like, the world is so beautiful. And it's almost in a wistful sense of knowing that something is coming that's going to take away most of that life or going to take away the visual of that life. And so it's something that has stuck with us. That is the history, the foundational base of what we do today. Let's talk very quickly about the history of some of our biggest traditions here in the United States. And first, I'm going to talk briefly about Halloween. Halloween stems from an old pagan religious festival um, that used to happen in ancient Celtic areas called Samhain. And Samhain is generally celebrated from October 31st, our Halloween, all the way through November 1st, kind of a two-day festival. And the idea is to welcome harvest and usher in the dark half of the year, as they'd call it. There is a dark half of the year that comes from a place of evil, was kind of the concept. And so as a result, there's this one day around the time of the solstice, around the time of the seasonal change, where you notice kind of a, a staunch kind of break in the way the weather worked. And during that time period, there was a barrier that dissolved between the physical world and the spirit world. And so during Samhain, there are more interactions between humans and the, the demons and the people that live in the, uh, the other world or the underworld or whatever you want to call it. 
And just quickly, I found this interesting. I want to talk to you about some of the kind of the big devils and demons that they would notably be scared of or worshiping on Halloween, just to see how this kind of stuff moves. There is the Lady Gwyn, who is a headless woman dressed in white, and she would chase around people wandering by themselves at night. Um, there was a big black boar that would accompany her. And, she, and that's you've seen that everywhere, right? The woman in white, La Llorona. You could talk about like, the ring, like there's so many, the kind of creepy woman who's looks normal and then is violent or angry or will drown you or kill you or disappear you. That's kind of a, a common thing. There's something called the puka and the puka, they receive offerings from the field. So at, on Halloween, they'd often cut open animals and they'd give offerings to this weird kind of beast of the night. It's like a creature that's kind of made up of a lot of the horrors of the natural world, like wolves and moose and things of that nature and it kind of was like a shape-shifting beast that would be kind of it would accept the gifts of the harvest to give you a good harvest season and this is kind of not the first but in terms of connection to us this is kind of the big connection to our view of the harvest which we also celebrate when we celebrate halloween um there's other headless horsemen and uh death horses with you know guys on top of them collecting faces there's um, the fairy host, which come into your house at night and they kidnap people, you know, stealing souls in the homes of the, of the good and the fortunate. And so these kind of horrors are old, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old because they stem from real fear. They stem from fear of God. When you create a God, you also create the demons that that God exists to get rid of. You create things like sin when you create God. You create things like evil when you create good. I just watched for the second time a movie called The Witch, very good film. It's a horror movie. I recommend everyone watch it. Good period piece about the 1600s, 1500s. Um, and it's that same concept of like, if you invent things like a God who is unforgiving and he exists because the devil exists, you create the devil and you create evil and sin and witches and things of that nature. And if we didn't believe in any of that, we wouldn't believe in half of the stuff that scares us. Getting onto a lighter note, because fall is not all about death and sadness and destruction. We have Thanksgiving. And this began, it almost seems like a storybook concept at this point, but it's a colonists living in their little world here in the, in the quote-unquote new world. And they went out and they got a good crop of, of goose and fowl of all variety, a lot more meat than usual. So they went to sit down and have a feast because they had so much food they weren't going to be able to keep it all. At the same time, a bunch of Wampanoag Native Americans, surprise, came into town. And this was kind of a time where there were some obvious issues between the colonists and between the native population. Um, but in this situation, they sat down together. They all sat down together and they ate and they traded food and they traded stories and they tried to communicate in their broken languages of, of the other. And... It was kind of a moment of friendship between these peoples. It was kind of a moment where you might think, oh, maybe things won't turn out horribly oppressive. Sadly, even just a few years later, there was a horrible war which killed hundreds of settlers, thousands of Native Americans. They kind of put the nicks on their peace treaty that they made on the first Thanksgiving. But over time, we've kept the tradition. The United States Congress proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving on the same date. Um, and every year, pretty much what happened is it was kind of an unspoken thing because the South didn't feel the same connection to Thanksgiving that the like some of the original colonies did. 
And so as a result, it was kind of like a, an annual thing, but not really spoken about until Abraham Lincoln declared the first official Thanksgiving. And that was in 1863. He decided in October that on November 26th, they were going to hold a day of giving thanks. And since then, every president every day would proclaim Thanksgiving on that date with a couple exceptions at the last Thursday in November. And everyone had kind of did this except Franklin Roosevelt, FDR, who wanted to extend the shopping season. Kind of gives you Black Friday vibes because he wanted to boost the economy. So he moved the date back a week to give everyone more time. But a lot of states disagreed with it. They refused to make their national or their statewide Thanksgiving on that day. And so it kind of went back to the fourth Thursday in November, which is where it is now and where it has been ever since then. Those are kind of the two big traditional holiday seasons. A couple honorable mentions include Oktoberfest, which came around in 1810. A Bavarian prince had a festival, and now it's everywhere. You can find Oktoberfest in most major cities. You can find at least an Oktoberfest event in so many places around our country and around the world. It's huge in Germany. It's huge in Munich specifically. Um, German sausages, games, making pretzels, listening to traditional music, beer, of course. And you can find this everywhere. The other side, the October Oktoberfest. There's a there's an there's an alternate thing you can celebrate. There's another option called Sober October. That's recently gained a lot of traction on the internet, popularized by Joe Rogan. It's the concept of going without for a month. Going without alcohol, traditionally. Going without drugs, perhaps. Going without fast food, without coffee, going out without your vices. And Sober October is kind of a time to kind of even yourself out before the holiday season, a time to understand what you'd be like if you didn't have anything altering your state of mind. You might find to use social media less or not at all. There's different options, but it kind of gives you an excuse to take a break from things similar to how New Year's resolution works or other things of that nature. It kind of gives you a break. There's the November election, which I will be talking about in more details in another episode. But the November election is kind of a strange tradition that we don't really think about. But at the same time, every four years, it's huge. It's the entirety of fall. Look at this year, 2020. Most everything you're hearing about is the concepts of the election, the concepts of who's going to win the election. It's become kind of a huge, a huge deal in recent years. And so as a result, I'm considering it a tradition. Lastly, no shave November, folks happens once a year. It was started in Australia in the early 2000s. In, Aus in Australia, in the early 2000s, it's kind of the idea of November, no shave, November. Originally, this was for charity. This was an event that goes to charity. And every year, there are lots of charities that people donate to for men's health awareness, a lot of things like prostate cancer and things of that nature, um, to keep male health in the public eye and to keep male health on people's minds. Um, I think it's a very important kind of thing. Most people just do it for fun, but there's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting holiday. It gives guys a little something to look forward to if they'd like to participate. And so as a result of all of these things, you can find that fall is just full of traditions. So many more than most other areas of our year and our country as well as our world. I spoke a lot on the traditions of fall here in America, but there's so many things from the moon pies you can get if you're in China, the Dia de los Muertos if you're in a lot of South American countries, specifically Mexico. Everyone has a harvest festival. Everyone has a day of giving thanks. Everyone has a day of recognition and a lot of times a day of remembrance for those who have died. 
most cultures and most countries have these days, and most of these days fall during the harvest season. And this is something that goes back, again, like I've said, as far as we have gone back. And that's why I find it to be so interesting. And speaking of that fancy word, that fancy letter I, I have promised to showcase a little more of myself into this podcast. I generally don't speak on myself, and I don't want to talk too much about myself, but I do want to take a moment to kind of talk about and discuss my personal views on fall. My personal views on the traditions of fall, because fall is, after all, my favorite season for so many reasons, and I just want to kind of give that comparison. I'm from New York State. I've lived here my entire life, and fall is a very appealing time for me for this exact reason. There's so much weather shit in New York. There's winter for like six months. Winter's from like November to March, generally. Good summer. Summer's nice. Summer's classic. A lot of people, if you're upstate, you got your trucks, you got your country music concerts, got your cookout on the grill. If you're in New York City, you got air conditioning. You have extremely hot sidewalks. The smell of garbage in the street. Beautiful in itself. I'm not trying to talk shit about New York. Beautiful place. Absolutely lovely. Summer's great, but fall it seems to be special here in New York. Fall is when the leaves change colors and you slowly watch the change in the weather patterns. I moved to the Hudson Valley a few years ago and it is so beautiful here because you're in the mountains and there's just fog every morning and there's these beautiful weather patterns and this amazing coldness that's not too cold like I'm used to if I'm from way upstate. So I love fall. I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. I love the celebrations. So I want to talk just for a minute or two. Hold in. We're getting into the social implications in just a second. But I want to talk to you about fall. I want to talk to you about why I like fall. Numero uno. Why I like fall. I love the way it looks. I love the vibes fall gives. Not to, not to date myself as a young millennial, uh, old Gen Z. The vibes are immaculate in the fall. If you look at the way the, the weather works, right? Look at the, look at the, the trees changing colors, the leaves. You got the, you got the, the wind blowing everywhere. That's just beautiful. And it makes me feel good. I want to be outside. I want to exist in nature. It's when I take the most hikes is in the fall. Um, since I was in college, I have loved to read in the fall. I love sitting outside, a little sweater on good book. My October authors are as follows. In October, I pretty much exclusively read Stephen King. I pretty much exclusively read, not as much recently, but Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, Ray Bradbury. I get into my sci-fi, horror, fantasy bullshit in October. It is like the month I read most of that stuff, more than anything. Last year, my October was was two of the Game of Thrones books. Um, The October before that, I reread all of Edgar Allan Poe classics. Um, the year before that was mostly short stories. But anyways, I like reading in the fall. That's a big John tradition, something I've always loved to do. Um, I just enjoy this stuff. And I, an image that's just come into my head, my first fall here in the Hudson Valley, I was driving up a mountain, headed towards home for the first time in since I came to college at that point. And this big turn, and you're overlooking a valley a vast valley, and I had never seen so many shades of colors in my life. It looked like those goldfish colors, you know, the goldfish colors. They're all like greens and purple and orange and stuff. That's how the trees looked, and there was just thousands of different shades, 
And it was the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. It's up there for one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Moving past the visuals of Flaw, I like a couple different things. I like the clothing I can wear. I'm not too cold to be outside. I'm comfortable outside, but I can wear layers. I can wear this jacket and this sweater and this shirt over this other shirt. And that's beautiful to me. I also like the food and the drink. Everything from pumpkin stouts to the pies and donuts, ciders, chili, soup. It's just amazing. The fall is a great time for cooking. I'm a cook. I like to cook. And so as a result, fall is one of my favorite times to cook. I will speak for a moment on traditions just to make this relevant. And then I'll get into the big picture of the holiday season. But if you look at the holidays of fall, they're special, right? The holidays of fall seem different. They hit differently. Of course, you got your 4th of July in the summer or whatever the equivalent is. Winter, you get Christmas and, and New Year's, which is nice. But some of my favorite holidays happen in the fall. My favorite holiday being Halloween, of course. Halloween is an interesting time. And ever since I was a kid, it was my absolute favorite. I have an active imagination. I love concepts of monsters. The reason behind a lot of this is at a very young age, I got into Ray Bradbury. I got into the science fiction of the great Ray Bradbury. When I was about six or seven, my dad gave me a book. I started reading some of his short stories and they freaked me out. I was also reading scary stories of scary in the dark, goosebumps, uh, the, uh, Halloweenies was this one book I had that was short stories for kind of kids, but they were creepy. I like the concept of things that go bump in the night, the concept of monsters, the concept of fear. I've always found it to be very interesting. I did a whole episode on monsters and culture, so go check that out. But I love dressing up and seeing how others are afraid, right? I love seeing costumes other people wear that are their fears or their interests or their hobbies. My favorite costumes as a kid, I went as I had a, such a cute dinosaur costume. If I can find it, I'll post it. Such a cute dinosaur costume. My little face as like the neck and then like the head was on top of my head. I thought it was the coolest, scariest thing ever when I was like four. I've been as the Grim Reaper. When I was in high school, I went as Huck Finn once. Played the drums at a cool little show on Halloween as Huck Finn. I went as Hick Thor the other year. This last year, I have long hair. I went as a, a, a redneck version of the great god of, of thunder and lightning. <laughs> so I've, I've always had fun. I like Halloween season. I like the parties, whether it's getting blasted with my friends now or as a kid going to the big parties my friend my one friend would hold as a little kid running around the woods all night without any rules i love the freedom of halloween i like the the scariness of the season i like horror movies and being freaked out and kind of battening down with your friends and your family and that is the huge thing about the giving season about the season of harvest i don't love thanksgiving now that i'm thinking about it thanksgiving is interesting i like seeing my family i like the concept of giving thanks but the whole thing feels kind of tradition ill. Similar to Christmas, I feel like it's very driven in the concept of everyone's done this for hundreds of years. You got to keep doing it. Like, I hate Thanksgiving food. Don't shoot me, I know. I like some of it. I like stuffing. I like some of the vegetables and things of that nature. Turkey's decent. Decent. All right. But generally, I feel like we've lost a lot of the reason. I feel like a lot of people get together, they eat their dinner, they talk, watch some football. Next day, it's Black Friday. Eh. My take on Thanksgiving, I think the way you should do it, the way I want to do it when I'm older, everyone brings a dish that's like one of their favorites. If it's Thanksgiving food, it's Thanksgiving food. But you bring one of your favorite foods. You bring a thing of chili. 
You bring, I love making myself a good coconut shrimp, whatever it is. They don't have to all match, but everyone that's there brings a dish that makes them happy, something they're thankful for. And everyone sits around the table eating each other's food, talking about each other's food. Why do you like this food? What gave you this background in it? This is delicious. I've never had this. And so I think that's kind of a, I would prefer that. And it kind of would maybe set us back down. And, and we, you talk to everybody. Stories. Tell stories. Pass through memories. Go through the family. Go through the friends. Whatever. I find that to be a little more enticing than the way we currently do Thanksgiving, which is mostly politics and turkey. And eh. And eh, folks. That's how I feel about Thanksgiving. Eh. Maybe it's because, you know, recent... I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Black Friday's the same way. That's a holiday, folks. We say it's not. But it's a holiday. I like the, I like going out, kind of the tradition of it with my friends. Maybe buy, if you sign something that's weirdly on discount and like you, oh, I could buy myself a little present. Maybe buy something for your, for your family or friends that you're going to be giving them for Christmas. But generally, it's a weird holiday. It's a very strange time to like bust through doors with random strangers and try to buy a TV that was marked higher than it was before, but then on sale for less. Whole thing feels very Hasbro loves Black Friday, you know? Apple loves Black Friday. I don't know if John loves Black Friday, though. That's kind of a, a problem that I have found. Whew, enough about me, folks. I would, could live a million years and never tell another soul a thing about myself and feel just fine. Traditions. Holidays. A strange, strange concept. As human beings, we... I don't know... Act like they're a necessity. Like we act like, like it's an of course. And to a point it isn't of course. Are you really going to be the household that doesn't celebrate anything in the winter? No Christmas, no Ramadan, no Kwanzaa, no nothing. You don't got nothing. You're not going to have any, no menorahs, no Festivus poles. You don't be that house. Everyone has traditions. But I think they serve a different purpose than they used to. I really do. I think that holidays have changed over time. I think... I think for a long time, holidays were an excuse for people who didn't, because back in the day, most of us were very poor, right? Back in the day, hundreds of years ago, everyone was very, very poor. And so as a result, holidays were a time to kind of splurge. Maybe someone gives you a book. Maybe someone gives you whatever. You have a night where you can have maybe a little better of a dinner than usual, and you can spend time without working with your family, right, on Christmas. No work, it's just people at their houses taking the day together, to love their families, to love each other, maybe give them a gift if you could afford it. Very easy concept. But as we've gotten older and better and richer, right, think, okay, now there's more presents. And you get a whole week off of school, and there's all these concepts of what is expected. we got to have, got to fill a stocking, got to have some presents, got to have a, a Christmas breakfast, we're going to your grandma's for dinner. It's become a whole process, and you kind of lose. In that, I think, is when you start to lose things, because you start to do a checklist, and as a kid, it's magical as shit. You ever, you ever a kid? Were you ever a child? I was a child. If you're ever a child, you understand how crazy holidays are. It's crazy. It's like you go to bed, you're excited, you wake up. Whether it's Christmas, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Halloween, whatever. You wake up, you're like, fucking, today's the day, folks. Maybe you were in school and you had a party, right? Uh, you, you're going to be up late tonight. There's less rules. You get to see everyone in rare form. Your parents are drunk or something. It's ridiculous. And as you get older, you become more aware of the world. And it kind of is like, uh, you start to lose some of that magic. You start to lose some of that awe. Because it's, you start seeing some of those sides of your family more. 
you start to get less. You start to appreciate it less. You start to not believe in things like Santa or whatever, or monsters if it's Halloween. You start to, to separate yourself. And the more you understand the world, the more it becomes an homage to your childhood. So that's why everyone's always binging their childhood favorite movies during Halloween. That's why everyone's not super excited to go see the family, but like they're going to do it anyways. And like, oh, good food. And you have a good time, right? But it becomes this chore. And that's sad. I don't think we should have holidays as a sense of duty. I think as a result, we should get rid of those holidays or we should change those holidays to make them into something that the modern person can appreciate as an adult. But we should keep the magic either way. We should sit around and be goddamn excited to be a part of the holiday season because the holiday season's one of the weirdest, coolest, strangest things that human beings actually do. It's such a concept that's unique to us that I think it's very fair. to. It's good to keep, again, keep the magic. Please. God, you don't have to believe in the figures and the people, but you should believe in the spirit of the holidays. Think about Halloween at dusk, regardless of what you believe in. It's the 31st. Maybe you got a pumpkin in the window. You're chilling. There's kids outside yelling. It's going dark. Put on a movie, maybe? There's nothing quite like that moment. There is nothing quite like that moment. And that's important, I think. For every holiday to keep in mind. That kind of shit is huge to me. But I ask myself. I guess I ask myself two more things. Why do we need holidays? Like why are they so important? Why do parents go so hard out of their way. To make their kids believe in Santa? Why do we get time off at work? And people spend all this money. More than they even can afford sometimes. Why do we care about the holidays? I think the reason. That it's the only source of magic we have left. Back in the day, the average person didn't know a lot. They had their job, they had their life, but the mysteries of the universe were unsolvable. Why the sun came up in the morning? They don't know. Why the stars came out at night? They don't know. Why? What happens when we die? We don't know. And some of these things are, if you think about it, still real. Some of these things are still, we have no goddamn idea. But we have explanations now. We have something to kind of explain almost everything. And we have some hypothesis, at least, for almost everything. And the magic is gone. The magic of creatures in space. Eh. The magic of some guy in the sky that made everything. Eh. The concepts of all of the things that used to give us magic in the world. Or even the, the most biggest hard-ass in the world. We're still religious. Believed in these things they can't understand. Things they can't explain. We've gotten rid of that. There's no unexplainable. There's no un-understand understand there's no understandable things anymore there is simply the things we know and the things we kind of know and so everyone kind of walks through life moping everyone walks through life feeling as though they understand all these concepts but in the holiday seasons we can kind of crack open that childhood belief the childhood magic we can crack open the fear of ghosts we can crack open santa and we can crack open those concepts that we used to see everywhere in the world. And I think that's why we need to get back to those things. We need to start feeling those concepts more. We need to start believing in things, whether it's a God or anything else. It doesn't matter. But we need to have some belief, some escapism from the day-to-day life. Because if you don't, over the years, you just get burned out. You just get tired because you're just, every day is the same shit and nothing is changing. And maybe you can argue that you can just Ignore some of it because you're focused on politics for a minute or you're drunk for a minute. But it's not the same. It's not healthy. And so I think we need to 
bring back those concepts of childhood, those mentalities of childhood, and get rid of that know-it-all, like we have all the answers things. And I think this is why, though, we cling to tradition. And I think that's why we're going to continue to cling to tradition. As we continue down this path, I have a feeling it's going to get worse. I have a feeling we're going to have more explanations and more arguments and more ideas than ever before. And that's a good thing in a way. But I think we're going to come farther and farther from our traditions in general day-to-day sense. But that's why our holidays will continue to permeate throughout culture. That is why holidays will continue to be so important to folks. Because I think all that a lot of these people are going to have. It's the only thing I think they're going to have left. Ah, the holidays. They are age old. They're as old as we are. And this is why everyone gets so nostalgic thinking about their parents, thinking about their families, thinking about their childhoods. These traditions are hundreds, sometimes thousands of years old. Some of the things that we do are things we've been doing forever, things your ancestors have done forever. And that honestly makes me really excited. I get really happy thinking about that, that we celebrate the same Christmas that my fucking ancestors did 400 years ago. Blows my mind. I don't even know what those people were living like. I don't even know. But some pilgrim on American soil in like 1640 was just happy because it was Christmas. They didn't have much, but they had a, a little a little quail. And they had their sister and their, their, their wife and their daughter and their dog and their cousin was all at the table. And in that moment, they were happy to be together. And I have the same thing when I'm sitting at my table with my cousins and my family and my aunts and uncles and my parents, right? It's interesting. It's ha- it makes you happy. So don't let that go away. I will leave you with this. This fall, think about your ancestry. Think about the world around you. Think about that wherever you live, whatever town you live or city you live in, that right where you were standing, celebrating. There have been people standing there celebrating things like Halloween and Thanksgiving for hundreds of years. Before the house was there, before your family was there, before you were there, there were human beings sitting there appreciating the same things. Maybe in a different way, different costumes, different prayers. But they were celebrating and continue to celebrate and keep that magic that you had as a child for all these things. Think about what your favorite Thanksgiving ever was and try to simulate that. Emulate that, at least if in no other way. Emulate that in your worldview. Emulate that in the way you're thinking about the holiday season. Don't let it pass you by. Especially in a year like this. COVID is freaky. I understand. COVID is scary. I don't know what's going to happen, right? You look at something like Halloween or Black Friday, you might find that COVID decimates the traditional experience. There are places where things like Halloween are, right? Like I, there was this one area nearby where I grew up that I think going to have like this one park, this trailer park is going to have candy there because there's a lot. It's a big like, you know, cul-de-sac thing. And so a lot of other families that were dropping off candy there. And so they're going to have candy stations all around. Um, some people are pre-bagging candy. Some people are having people go out door to door, but not having them grab candy. Things of that nature to kind of keep the tradition alive for at least the next year until things are back to normal, hopefully. But there's a lot of things in the fritz right now. So don't be afraid to put your head in a different perspective. Don't be afraid to shake things up either. Right? Make dumplings for Halloween. Uh, stay in on Black Friday or, or buy something cute, local. Just love yourself. Love the world that we're in. Love the traditions that we have. Work to change the stuff that's bad. 
But remember that some of the stuff is good. Some of the stuff is needed. And we shouldn't be too jaded to appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Nightcap Podcast. A little personal, way it goes. But it's the holiday season, folks. Okay? Don't judge me. I will click, I'll make a little post on this. I'll, I'll put it on my blog, jonathansherburn.com, under my podcasting section next to Nightcap. I will put a link to that. But I'll put downs. I'll show you guys some of my costumes. I'll show you guys some of my opinions. I'll share some of my show notes and I'll write down kind of the making of the episode and what are the things I was thinking about during the making of the episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan Sherburn, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-H-E-R-B-U-R-N-E. You can follow me on Twitter at John Sherburn, J-O-N-S-H-E-R-B-U-R-N-E. You can find me here. Please rate, review, subscribe. And remember, to love yourself as much as I love you, dear listener, remember to appreciate the world around you. Remember to enjoy the shit out of fall because this is the time for giving. This is the time for believing. And this is the time for the nightcap podcast. Thank you.